Hello, and welcome back to This Is Me. My name is Heather Stark. There has been a lot in the news lately about mental illness, you know, in terms of insurance coverage, in terms of the destruction of it. Um, And so I, I am feeling very compelled to dive deeper into my story um, and and really talk about my aspect of mental illness and the, the bulimia and the anorexia and the anxiety, a little bit of depression, because it is who I am. It's a part of me. And I want people to know that, you know, there is another side. You have to go through it, but there is another side to come out on. And it does not define you, definitely shapes you and shapes your story, but does not define you. And even even for you who have not had a mental illness or have never been diagnosed, you know, we can still, you can still find yourselves in those really deep, dark places of being very upset with yourself, of having extreme self-doubt and very low points, situationally low, dark points that do shape you, you know, that, that impact your story. You know, and those moments can be really paralyzing too. I mean, they just flat out can paralyze you for five minutes, for an hour, for weeks, where you're just stuck and you're not quite sure how to get out. I've experienced it. And like I always say, I'm nobody special. So there's people who have experienced way more than I am. And I just want to use this as a means of connection. So that being said, I'm I am. I'm traveling deeper into my story. And I am gonna start this podcast out with a trigger warning. And I'm not, you know, I'm not sure if it's a legit trigger warning or not. And you'll understand as I dive into this podcast. So I went back and forth and I finally was like, you know what, I just want to be very careful with you, the listener. Um, my goal is to do good, ethical, transparent work. So I've got to be cautious. And I have a responsibility to let you know that what I am going to share with you today could be a trigger for those of you who have um, over-exercised, who have body dysmorphia, who are in recovery or have been through recovery from an eating disorder. Um, If you'll remember, if you've listened to my podcast about questions that I did a while back um, where I let you into my head um, all the questions, I let you hear those thoughts. And this is the same type of thing, only it's it's sharper. There's more of an edge to it. Um, I mean, I truly was in that dark mental illness space. And you know what? Even for those of you who have not, just to give you a glimpse of the things that go through our heads, um, when you have an eating disorder, um, it's very real. Uh, it is as real as I am talking to you now. That is how real these thoughts get and how hard we have to battle to get over them, through them, around them. I make no apologies for what I said during a mental illness. I make no apologies for the things that I thought or came out of my mouth. You are not in control of your own thoughts in those moments. Um, there is true mental pain and anguish. And, you know, when, when we're in physical pain, when we shut our fingers in a car door and the the words just pour out of our mouth, you know, we're like, oh, my gosh, you know, but nobody's like offended that we said that in the moment because there's like true physical pain. Same thing applies here. 
it's the same principle. When somebody is mentally ill, they are going to say things. They're going to say things that they are not in control over. And, and, and I want you to hear me out before you object. Because when you're in the thick blackness of mental illness and in desperate struggle just to survive the next hour of life, things are done that make no sense to anybody else but the person with the mental illness. When you seek help, when you, um, not really when you seek help, when, when you're in recovery, when you're post-recovery, that's when you're accountable for those thoughts. You now know better, so you have to do better. And there's a lot of active work that has to be done to correct those dysfunctional thought patterns. Um, if I ever said the things now that I said when I was mentally ill, I would owe an apology. I would owe a thousand apologies for my insensitivity, for my politically incorrectness, um, my offensiveness. But what I'm going to share with you today, I don't feel that I owe an apology for. So if I say something that makes you go, oh, ow, stop, please understand these were not thoughts that I consciously formed. These were the mentally ill thoughts. I, I was sick. I was an adult. I was a mother of a two-year-old little girl, but I was still sick. I am not that woman anymore. I fight very, very hard to keep those words forming in my head again. Um, or actually in my work, I, I fight very hard for those words to never form in any girl's head again. And now with this podcast and, and my blog series, I fight for those thoughts never to enter a woman's head. So please know when I say these words that I'm going to share with you in a little bit, I say them only about me. I assign judgment only to me. I never thought these things about anyone else. Eating disorders, um, or it's a it's a very selfish disease. You only have room to think about yourself. There was like no room for me to think about another woman at this part of my life. So there's my trigger warning. Um, please only listen if you if you think that you are more powerful than the storm. Oh, so what am I doing today? Are you curious? Um, I'm going to share a blog with you. I wrote this blog several years ago when I um, I went back into therapy. I was 37 or 38, and I was getting ready to take this flying leap and, and quit my job as a school counselor and start a nonprofit and then start a private LLC business. And I knew that I needed to get some things straightened up within myself. I needed to organize and say one final goodbye to the eating disorder um, before I could actually start working with girls um, that I was going to work to build confidence and empower. And so I, I started with one blog, and this isn't the blog that I started with, but I started on one blog, and it actually developed into a very small blog series. It was my first set of blogs that that I wrote. Um, and these blogs were all based on my mid to late 20s. Just after my daughter was born, I had a, a relapse into anorexia. So these blogs are about that. And as I wrote these blogs, I realized that writing them was an attempt to release those things that my eating disorder and my anxiety wanted me to keep buried. One of the things I learned in therapy is there's Heather's thoughts and Heather's words, and then there's 
bulimia, and anorexias, words and thoughts. And learning to distinguish them was the the biggest aha moment I have ever had. Um, and so those things, those thoughts, the anorexia, the bulimia, they wanted me to keep some things buried. Um, because as long as I kept those words and those experiences with the eating disorders buried, they had power over me. I was going to cave to them all the time. And they ruled me with shame, embarrassment, and guilt. And I had to work to guard them. And so when I guarded the anorexia and I let the shame and the embarrassment and the guilt rule me and define me, it looked like perfectionism. Um, I was pretending to be perfect to protect the eating disorders. And if I left them buried, if I left those things buried, it was safer because to unearth them was to take a chance that the problem would be more powerful than me and my spirit and my world would be undone. I would have to admit that I wasn't perfect. And, you know, (laughs) big sigh. Sometimes it really seems like the easier way. Well, it is the easier way. No, I'm not going to say that. It feels like the easier way is is just to let those things rule you. It's not easy. It, it is, it's, it's hard and it's, it's sweaty to let those things rule you. But to go against the grain and to turn around and to face the problem is so freaking scary. I can't, I mean, that's a whole nother, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. That's a whole nother podcast, um, which I'll allude to that in this one. But um, damn, just settling down in that shame and that embarrassment just um, just seemed so, it just seemed like, and I want to say easy, and I don't want to discount this for anybody that is in the middle of, of those moments, but let me say getting bigger than the problem is so scary. I'm going to say that. Getting bigger than the problem is scary, and um, sometimes you just don't want to face that fear. Face the problem and admit it, and then you have to accept it, and then you have to look at all of your ugly parts. It feels sticky and gross, and you want to avoid it, but you can't because looking at the problem is so very necessary, and the release that comes from facing the problem and earthing those things is so sweet. It's so sweet. It's like drinking ice-cold champagne. Um, It's that refreshing. So through this new round of therapy that I was in in my late 30s, I kept asking myself, was I recovered enough to be able to withstand my own storm? And how would I know if I didn't at least try? to withstand it, if I didn't attempt the thing that I was most scared of. And in that moment, facing it, unearthing it, was the thing I was most scared of. So I started blogging with a purpose, to test how strong I was, how gritty my grit was, so to speak. And I found that when I blogged about those dark places, I was able to create a box 
outside of myself to keep those experiences in. I didn't have to keep finding places inside myself to bury them. And for a while, having a box outside of me was enough. But at times, I would trip over it. And now the box isn't enough. Now I feel that God and and the universe, um, I feel him telling me to open the box and release those words into the air. So to me, that means talking about it, which makes me nervous, angry. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Nervous, angry, where like you know you have to do this thing. You don't have a choice about it. Truly, you don't have a choice about it. But um, you have to do it and, 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 and you're nervous. So it makes you angry. Um, this is this is the scary part. It makes me want to say cuss words. This is where I am inviting in judgment, right? It's like this personal invitation for others to give me their negative opinions. It's where I step into the arena and get ready for those on the sidelines to hurl their negativity. But I also know that this is the part for which I was created to do. Because this is the, I'm sorry, this is the part where I am inviting you who already know where I'm going with this, who already know what I'm going to say. And you're like, oh my gosh, you're going to say the things, you're going to say the things that I have felt and I need somebody to say them so I can say them. So this is it. This is where I'm inviting you into my dark space. So hopefully you feel like you can invite somebody into your dark space. Um, And this is where I invite the universe and God in because I know, I know, I've been on this discovery of, of self for the past few years and I've learned a few things. And one of them is that God, the universe, they wanna help you. They wanna align things for you. But you have to be open to his help. You have to be ready and willing to accept the help and whatever they say you need to do without putting limits on it. And I say this because I know that when I release these words from this blog into the air, God is going to take up my words and my experiences And he's going to peel them apart, and he's going to release that last bit of pain that um, makes it hard for me to talk about it. And once that pain is released, those words are going to come back together, and they're eventually going to settle back down into my story, where they belong, into my soul. And from that point, I'm calmer, and I move on, and my story is richer and thicker and deeper. And I can truly, truly use it as a form of connection between you and I, because that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to create a pathway here between you and I, and I hope you can hear me building it. Because life is hard. Lessons are good. Connections are the best. So here it is. This particular blog focuses on my morning runs. Let me let me pause here and let me say, my favorite verse from the Bible is, um, I have a couple, <laughs> but my first favorite verse is joy comes in the morning. Always loved that verse. But this time in my life, there was no joy 
in the mornings. And so when I wrote this blog, it was actually called Joy Comes in the Morning, um, which is ironic because there was no joy. So um, every morning for countless mornings, for years, I would get up between 4 and 4.45 a.m. and I would run. On freezing mornings, on rainy mornings, on hot mornings, um, some mornings I would run, then I would bike to the gym, and I'd work out for another hour at the gym, and then I would bike home, and that still wouldn't be enough for me. I'd still urge my family, let's go for a walk. Let's go do this. Let's, I, I just needed to have physical activity because I believed that's what made me worthy, and that's what would keep me small. I would still, after all of that exercise, after the muscle definition, after all of that, I would still hate what I saw in the mirror. And I had to learn that all the exercise in the world was never going to make me love my body. I was working from the outside in, trying to bring love from outside my body inwards instead of trying to originate self-love and radiating that self-love outwards. Instead of trying to pull other people's love inside me, I should have been trying to pull my own love out. I eventually realized the error in my thinking, um, in my way of life, but it was only after years of running away from myself. So here it is, running. The morning cries out with the sound of the alarm. To others, it's an annoying beep. To me, it is more. It is the shame that starts my day. There is no joy in the morning. Just the fear of fat. Gross, squishy, thigh fat, belly fat, back of the arm fat. Fat I have to get away from. It's the start of another broken day. The alarm yells, get up and run so you will know you are worthy. So you will be small. Worth comes from running and controlled eating. Correction. Controlled pretend eating. The world is still asleep at 4.45 a.m. The world is dark. The darkness matches the broken. I do not know if I love the running or if I hate the running. The truth lies somewhere in between. I do know I never regret the running. Many years ago, before I admitted the running, before I admitted the broken, I ran to be perfect. Quick prayers to the one who blesses, wrote prayers, rehearsed for many years. I say them in my head as I think of other things. I am empowered with this false power of multitasking. Prayers done, marked off the list, music on, and go. Run, run, run. I will never be fat if I run. Running saves me from fat. If I am thin, I am beautiful. Thin gives me worth. My mind obsesses. Soon I run to the cadence of the word fat. Every time my foot hits the ground, it sounds off fat like a cymbal. It clangs so loud in my ears, the word gives way to fear, and I run out of fear. God, I was never such a person to be so superficial. God didn't create me to be superficial, but I think the word fat over and over again. Sometimes I say it. I let it come from deep inside of me, and I say the word over and over out loud. A crazy, broken person repeating herself like a broken record. Fat, 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 fat. In the dark, 
you don't have to hide your words. The darkness covers you and lets you be ugly so you can be perfect later. It's always so dark in the mornings before five o'clock. I can hear the coyotes and I disturb the deer and my broken soul dares coyotes to seek me out. I run and say the word that haunts me. One day I say it and a tear falls. Somewhere inside of me, the broken breaks differently. The pain is sharp, deep, and hollow. Broken has finally reached my soul, the bottommost layer. It laughs as it stretches itself into my soul. It gets comfortable. Broken already won my mind. It has my heart. It tells me I am only worthy when I push myself to the extreme, and the extreme makes me fragile and easier to break. My emotions are on edge all the time. Child and husband tiptoe around me. They know no other way of life with me but on tiptoes. The sun hasn't even risen, and yet there's so much destruction that has happened within me. The broken crack that steals my worth, that prevents peace and happiness, hits my soul in full force. It is an electric shock of pain. It pushes tears from my eyes. They fall hard. I am confused. I wasn't prepared for this crying. And then, from somewhere inside of me, I hear a soft voice. It is so soft that I can almost ignore it. But I heard it. Something has unearthed this voice inside of me, and it asks me, why not joy? I am confused. Joy. My heart gave up on joy so long ago, but the voice was compelling. I stopped saying the word fat, and I try to listen to the word joy. I keep running. My spirit has been touched. There is such emotion in the place where broken and spirit meet. However, the spirit does not give up as easily as the mind or the heart. The spirit is created for battle. Spirit is gentle grace that is full of grit. And broken is jagged fear. There is now a battle. This is when the crying comes full force, heaving tears. But still, I run. The cold freezes the tears. Jagged pieces of salted water run down my face, tearing at the broken. Crying is admittance. Admittance takes so long to make its way to the front lines of a battle. It comes forth, and it becomes a truth. In the dark, you do not have to wipe tears away. In the dark, broken tells you to fight the truth. But crying clears the way so you can admit it all. Get it all outside of you so that the love within you can rise. Now, dear listeners, I speak to your spirit. Listen, listen to me. There is a voice that comes after tears. It's a small but very clear voice, and it brings warmth and it brings a choice. The voice tells you not necessarily what you want, but instead it tells you what you do not want. Your spirit will tell you what is no longer acceptable. And for me, unworthy was no longer acceptable. But 
you still have to commit to it. You still have to choose to commit. The choice is still yours to make. For me, broken won the brain and the heart. Spirit, however, is God-given, and she will rise that given the chance. But first, crying comes. Sometimes the crying stays for a while. My crying stayed for 18 years. Do not falter. Do not get lost in your tears. There is always a way through. Grace. When you cry, you've, you've got to open those ears to your spirit. And when you do, you hear grace. Grace leads to strength. And these are given to you by the universe or, or by God. There's absolutely nothing we have to do to earn grace, to earn worthy. The world lies to us. The world tells us we must earn them that we must work long hours and be the perfect size and have the perfect hair and, and the makeup and bring home the big paycheck and be the perfect mom. But the world is a liar sometimes. Grace, worth, strength, these are gifted freely and unconditionally. And with these gifts, when we accept them, embrace them, they bring solid promises of a different life. The dark that once hid me in my broken run becomes the dark that transforms me into me. With my battle scars that I am proud to show. Those rote prayers that I used to say when I ran, that I once spoke without a thought, turn into an improv routine with God. I dare to say, I want joy. I do not know how to pray. I just talk words, confused, mixed up words. Soon my words with God fill my run and the music is never turned on. And although the broken still keeps me, I start to think of my run as a time to get to know God. And then he helps me endure the broken. And through the broken, I get to know myself despite all my ugly parts, because I am worthy. I am worthy enough to spend time with myself, to understand I am beautiful. My body is beautiful. Running away from fat does not bring me closer to beauty. I already am. It was here all along, inside. It was never outside of me. It was always inside, and I failed to accept it, see it, or appreciate it. Months later, many months later, I ran without saying the word fat. I would still cry. My crying now admitted I was no longer running to escape. I was no longer running away. I was running to. I was running to me. The crying was the last bits of my heart and my mind healing, letting all of the broken escape and disappear into the dark. One morning I wake up and the alarm sang, Run to yourself and know that you are worthy. There is joy in the morning. God runs with me. He aligns my personal universe. My husband does not walk on tiptoes. My daughter and I laugh. And my son that came along many years helps me to stay real instead of perfect. But I no longer run now at 42. 
Yoga has taken the place of running. In yoga, I learned gratitude for my body. I focus on all of me. No other thoughts enter my head as I stretch, twist, and turn myself in ways that leave me impressed with my body. I no longer wake up at 4 o'clock to exercise. I created a schedule that honors me and my preferences. Now, 4 o'clock does still find me awake, but first, there's coffee. Second, there's prayers. Third, there's me just sitting in bed with my coffee. And fourth is exercise, yoga. Now I wake up and know that joy does come in the morning, every morning. Beauty is within me. Worth is within me, just waiting to be recognized and honored. And listeners, beauty is within you. Worth is within you. Peace is within you. Grace and grit is within you. Those broken, dark moments have happened to 99.9% of us, I'm pretty sure. But if we trust how powerful we are, we realize that together we can unearth our spirits and let self-love and grace rise up within us. Today, know that you are not alone in your story, in your dark moments, in your mental illness. Connect with me. Let's help each other rise and on our way up. Let's grab some other women from the younger generation and help them rise too. Thank you for sharing this moment with me and helping me release these words and peel back pain. They're out there now. (laughs) There's nothing I can do about them. Um, But I hope that you will accept them and understand truly, truly that I'm here because I went through things And I just feel compelled to let you know that you're not alone in this and that we can connect. And from me, there's nothing but empathy. There's no judgment. Let's peel back those layers and let's help one another out. Thanks for listening to This Is Me.